Hello and welcome to Success Grid Nation to this new episode of the Success Grid Podcast. This is episode number 68, Essential Skills for Career and Business Success with Mark Hirschberg. Mark is the author of the Career Toolkit. It's about networking, negotiation, communication, leadership, and career planning. These skills are essential for your success that no one taught you. If you want to achieve your goals faster, go to successgrid.net forward slash 100dc. That is successgrid.net forward slash 100dc to achieve your goals in 100 days with the 100 day challenge. This is an amazing program that pushes the limits of you to achieve whatever you want, whether it's personal, business or fitness goals to achieve them in 100 days or maybe even less. Get this year starting right and on track from the beginning. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Great Podcast with your host Hussein Talib. My guest today, Mark Hirschberg. He's the author of the Career Toolkit book, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. Mark went from tracking criminals and terrorists on the dark web to creating marketplaces and new authentication systems. Mark has spent his career launching and developing new ventures and startups and at fortune companies. Mark, welcome to the Success Great Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Awesome. Awesome to have you here. So let me give this first a little bit about your story. You went from tracking criminals <laughs> on the dark web <laughs> to, 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 to advising people on communication and the negotiation and communication. So how did that go along? Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, it's been an interesting story of two parallel tracks in my career. I came out of MIT with a couple degrees in computer science and physics, and cryptography was my graduate work. So that's secret codes. And I've had a career building startup companies, helping larger companies play startup. Along the way, I've done a lot of cybersecurity. And at one of those companies, we were doing intelligence gathering on the dark web. So that's where I got to do some of the cooler sounding work in my career. Now, something happened to me years ago when I was first starting out. I realized I wanted to be a CTO, a chief technology officer, not Mm. just a programmer. And I thought about what does that mean? It doesn't mean I'm the best programmer. They don't say you're the best programmer, you're the CTO. The CTO has a different set of skills. Mm. Leadership, communications, negotiations. These are skills I was never taught. So Mm. I had to develop it in myself and realized I wanted these skills in my whole team. So I developed training programs for the team. MIT had been getting similar feedback from a number of corporate partners saying, your students are really brilliant, but we want to see these skills and we don't see them in your students or other students or in the workforce at large. So MIT wanted to put together a program like this. When I heard about it, I got in touch with them. They asked me to help develop the program and later to teach it, which I've been doing for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I've had my primary career as a CTO, COO, building startup companies. I've had this side career teaching at MIT and elsewhere on the importance of these skills and how to develop them. Mm, cool, awesome. So, so you you've been into the leadership position, which actually requires to have uh, communication skills, negotiation skills, and this kind of skills. So, uh, what is the most thing that you are focused on, or they, or all 
they go together. They really do go together because a good leader knows how to negotiate. A good negotiator knows how to communicate. Good communicators learn these skills because they have a diverse network. There's all sorts of things that just reinforce each other. So recognize these are not independent skills. Mm-hmm. Cool. So awesome. So you mentioned that leaders need to have these basically the skills of communication and networking. For example, what is what what different mental models do you see people have, especially in the places you see or work with? Do, are they leader? Are the leaders actually leading the people? So there are. That's a very broad question. We can go in a number of directions. No. In terms of leadership, certainly one of the things that we often see is people confuse positional leadership and influential leadership. People think, well, I have the title. I have the CEO title, VP title, whatever. So I am in charge because my title says that. And yes, people have to listen to you. You can fire them if they don't. But that's not leadership. That's just using authority. And true leaders know it's influential leadership. It is saying, here's the direction we need to go in and convincing you, you want to go in this direction too. That together we want to go there and achieve this goal. Mm-hmm. So that's what real leadership is. And when you recognize that, even from day one, even when you are right out of school, the most junior employee at your company, you can stand up and be a leader and say, I have an idea. I have a direction we should go in and convincing others. And companies want to see that even in their junior employees. Mm, yeah, exactly. So, since you mentioned uh, leaders, they're, they're basically the influential leader has should be a good com- networking skills, let's say. So what are the keys to the communication and networking skills for a leader? Well, on the communication side, as leaders, we need to recognize different people have their own different communication styles. This is one of many things, but this is one of the key things I focus on in the book. Think, for example, about left brain and right brain people. Most of us are familiar with those concepts. Think about a very extreme left brain person almost Asperger levels of left brain, right? We want to go really extreme. If you want to convince this person to follow your vision, what would you do? How would you approach it? You would probably say, here are the logical reasons. Here is a five-point plan. Here's why one thing falls from another. And we're going to walk through this in the next 30 minutes, point by point. And at the end, you're going to see how it all links together. And now it's a logical conclusion. That works great for a very left brain person. What about for a very right brain person? You're not going to say, let's do a 30-minute step-by-step approach. The person is going to say, oh, my God, this is, this is boring. This is too linear. For a right brain person, you want to try and connect more emotionally, more holistically. You want to inspire and sell them on that vision. Mm. You're going to take a very different approach. This is a very simple left brain, right brain model. But, of course, we can expand it. And in the book, I mm. go into different types of models And how we recognize everyone communicates differently. So as a leader, you need to communicate across different styles. Mm, Okay, awesome. So because of this, like you mentioned, there are people who think emotionally and some some people logically. So basically, the leader in in this position, the manager or the CEO, whatever it is, or who is below them, let's say, Though I think that it should be like, it's not like they are below you. They are like in the same level because employees who are under you, <laughs> who are the, doing the things, who are working on saying things and uh, on the projects. So how do the, these kind of people, like you mentioned, have uh, some kind of, uh, uh, let's say, the networking skills that uh, 
actually improve on certain things or should they focus on the right brain people or the left brain people or what key elements of the employees uh, should they be looking for? Well, certainly all of us want to recognize there's all these different types of people we want in our networks to have these different types of people. We want to know how to communicate to different types of people. Now, if I'm speaking to you one-on-one, I want to recognize in the simple model we're using, are you left brain or right brain? And how am I going to use different communication techniques? How am I going to engage you? What types of words, what type of process am I going to use given your personal preference? Mm. If I am engaged with a larger audience, say giving a speech to a room, I can be pretty sure there's going to be some of everybody out there. And so in my speech, in my talk, my larger pitch, I need to make sure I convey the message multiple ways to resonate with people who all have different styles. Mm. So we all want the skills to be able to communicate with everyone. And it's just a question of whether you're using that broadcast mode, like mm. a speech, where you want to hit everyone, or we're doing one-on-one where I'm going to narrow it and really focus on speaking to your personal style. Exactly. So in general, now whether it's communication or it's networking because you need communication to network right you need to Certainly, communicate yeah. yeah you need communications basically let's say skills to have a network and know people and see them and uh, get ideas or work on certain things so how do you see people uh, go wrong about that whether it's at the communication level or the networking level Well, at the networking level, a common mistake is people think time to network because I need something. We often hear people say, oh, I need a new job. Time to go out and network. Mm, okay. That is not the way to approach it. Think about if you're about to move from your apartment this weekend. So you got to get a bunch of people over to help you pack boxes, carry your couch. Who is it you're going to ask, right? That's a big favor. Are you going to ask someone you met in the bar last week or at a conference <laughs> last week? Or are you asking your buddy who you've known for six years, right, who's more likely to show up? Mm-hmm. You're asking people where you have that established relationship. And so one of the most important things when we think about networking is that it is long-term and it is relationship-based. So we mm-hmm. don't think, I need time to go network. Instead, we want to think, I need to build relationships today. And then tomorrow, if I have a need, I can call on those relationships, whether it's help me move my couch yeah, exactly. or find a job or anything else we might need. Yeah, exactly. Like you mentioned, you do, if you know someone from four or five years ago, if you call them on the spot, they they might come like uh, immediately. But someone you know like a week ago or two days, <laughs> well, uh, it will be, uh, I think, a good person if they show up. <laughs> They want to do. Exactly. They want to do a good deed, <laughs> and that's uh, and that's not very. Now people almost they are busy with their own thing and their own lives and their own uh, uh, things. So how someone can get a better at negotiation, whether to, for example, get uh, in jobs, for example, whether to get more money or in their businesses or entrepreneurs in general, how th- can they can they negotiate certain things to get, for example. Uh, let's say, money from investors or uh, angel investors. Yeah, let's start by just recognizing even a little bit of improvement goes a long way. So I'll illustrate that. You gave a couple examples. We'll go with the employee compensation example, but it works in all cases. Let's think about you're an employee. 
you're 28 years old, you're taking your next job, and you're offered $70,000. If you go and negotiate and you get that up to $71,000, that's $1,000. That's not, you have to be the world's greatest negotiator to do that. Right? It's just a little negotiation. You go back, you say, hey, I like this job, but here's why I think I should be worth $71,000. And you get that. If you do nothing else in your career, if you sit in that job for 40 years, what happens? You just got $1,000 more for 40 years. One five-minute negotiation, you got $40,000. That's amazing. Now, of course, you're not going to be sitting in that job for 40 years. You're going to have other jobs and raises and promotions. That's going to be more than $1,000. So the point is, you don't have to be the world's best negotiator. If you just get a little bit better, it can add tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars to your lifetime earning over your career. For those of us who are business owners, it's the same thing. If you can just do a little better with your investors, your partners, your suppliers, not about, oh, I got them to drop by 50%, but I got 1% better, right? Or I got slightly better terms. And obviously, if you can do more than that, even better. But if you do that over time, you get this massive accumulation of benefit. So how do we do this? If you invest in reading a book like mine or other great negotiation books, taking a course online, really within a matter of hours, six to 10 hours of just learning some basics, you're already going to be better and are going to start to see some of these returns. But negotiation, really all these skills are more like, say, basketball than writing. It's not something where you can just say, okay, I learned the grammar rules and I get it. It's basketball. You can read the rules of basketball, but if you're not practicing and playing, you're not you going to score. So do practice negotiations. You can practice with friends. You can advise friends on their negotiations and learn about, sit in on other people's negotiations, and you can do case studies, negotiation simulations to practice these skills. Mm -hmm. So, there is something, I guess, I guess in your book, it's called BATNA. Yes. So What's this the... is the this is the BATNA. This comes from the Harvard Negotiation Project. These are world-class people who have been thinking about negotiations for decades. BATNA, B-A-T-N-A, -A, best alternative to negotiate agreement. Before you set foot in the room, and this is important because so many people we think, Okay, got a negotiation. Yeah, I'm going to walk in that room. I'm going to win. Well, think about your sports team. Whatever sports team you like, do they say, okay, let's just walk on the field and win? <laughs> no, they have actually been practicing and planning and training for months, right? For every hour they spend on the field, there are more hours off the field. Same thing for us as negotiators. Don't just walk in the room cold. You want to start with some prep. And one of the most important pieces of preparation is your BATNA, best alternative to negotiate agreement. What this says is when I walk in the room with you, if we're trying to come to a deal and I don't like your terms, I know if this deal doesn't work, what's my other option? What's that alternative to our negotiated agreement? Because that's my baseline. If you can't give me something better than that, I should walk out of the room and just take this other option. If you can beat it, then I'm going to stay in the room or I'll stay as long as I think we can get to uh, a result that will beat it. So always know your BATNA. That is your bottom line. Mm, so awesome. This is a great uh, tip. I would say a, a great major stone actually in, in negotiation. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, back to leadership, let's say that 
uh, in your book, you write that people can practice leadership every day, right? So how can people practice leadership every day? Like you mentioned in the situation of negotiation, if it's not like, for example, uh, good for me, I can negotiate more. So that's put me in in a more powerful position, maybe for myself to demand more or certain things or I ask for more or whatever. So how also can people uh, practice leadership as they can practice negotiation? So with leadership, there's a couple ways you can do this. First, as we said before, the most important thing is to remember leadership doesn't happen when you get a certain title. Don't think, well, I'll be a leader when I get that promotion. You can be a leader today. Look for opportunities where you see, here's a direction we can go in. Here's an idea I want to put forth and then convince the team that this is direction to go in. Leadership can be as little as a couple minutes. I have an idea and let me convince everyone we should do this to here's something we should do. And now a two year plan later, we're going to execute and deliver on it. But leadership can come in all these different forms. And really, when you think about leadership skills, we mentioned earlier, good leaders negotiate and communicate. Good leaders can inspire. Good leaders know how to build coalitions. So don't just think, well, I'm either leading or not. You can be developing these individual skills. You can work on your communication skills. You can work on your coalition building skills. Even if you're supporting someone else in a leadership role, you can develop these skills and that's going to make you a stronger leader down the road. Mm, cool. Awesome. So let's say, for example, now there's some someone wants to develop their skills in these areas, communication, networking, leadership. So how, how, how would you recommend them go about this? Because someone might say like, this is a lot, four skills or three skills. How I can maybe find the time or what should I do or what should I focus on first? So how would you like let's say put them in points maybe and somehow it will go uh, from one step to another great question there's two important things to think about first you're right you don't want to get overwhelmed think about your new year's resolutions if you said i'm going to wake up january 1st and i'm going to wake up early stop smoking stop drinking eat better go to the gym read more that's going to last about 36 hours before you give up on it instead you say all right I'm going to try to quit smoking. That's all I'm going to focus on. And that's going to take emotional energy and effort. And you're probably going to snack more and be surly and maybe drink more. But after a few months, now you've quit smoking. Right now you're like, okay, I don't have that bad habit anymore. And I don't have to focus as much on not smoking. So what next? Now that you've developed that habit, you move on to the next one. So you might not want to say, I'm going to work on my leadership and communication and negotiation and networking all at once. Say for the next three months, six months, whatever period you want, I'm going to focus on just this one skill. And the others will leave for later. Mm, The second thing is to remember that while it's great to read a book like mine, certainly I'd love if you do that, or read other great books or listen to great podcasts like this one, just getting that knowledge alone isn't enough. What really makes it sink in, the way we teach this at MIT and the way it's taught at top business schools is through peer learning. So the best practice is to get a group of your peers, those might be coworkers, you can get HR to set up these groups for you, or if your company doesn't support this, go find friends, go create a local meetup group, and say, we as a group, we're gonna come together, and we're going to have this effectively discussion group. So we're going to take 
your book or this podcast or any other source, and we're all going to listen to it. So we'll read a few pages of the book. We'll listen to this podcast episode. And then we sit around and discuss it. And if we're talking about, let's say, negotiating, we can talk about, yeah, I have this negotiation coming up. I'm not sure what to do. And you're going to give me some advice. You're going to say, hey, Mark, have you thought about this? Or I had this situation. Here's what I tried. So I'm going to learn from you. You're going to gain experience helping with my negotiation. And we're all going to share. And we're going to recognize these are subtle, complex skills. Just like in basketball, you can talk about drill practices. You can talk about shooting. You can talk about passing. But you got to spend time on the court to really get that whole sense of how it works together. And in these discussions is where you hear here's the reality I'm facing. You know, yes, I'm negotiating, but there's also this other subtle political battle in my company, or there's these constraints. How do I deal with that? Mm. And so it's in that discussion that we are going to really learn from each other. So the two things, one, pick one skill at a time to focus on, and two, do it in a group learning environment where you meet up every week or two and just talk about it for about an hour or so. Awesome. So because because they say two brains are better than one. This is what I. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because because thinking the mind th when 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 two minds think together they find more solutions faster maybe or get to the to the bottom of things faster and have more different ideas from different angles and perspectives. So it would be, work better for for that certain you actually. Uh, yeah. So uh, your book. Uh, why did you write the book exactly? This class I've been teaching at MIT for the past 20 years has had tremendous impact on our students. We know these are the skills in demand from companies, as well as for entrepreneurs who want to start companies. We know our teaching methods really have a big impact, and we've refined them to know exactly how to teach it. What I wanted to do is make this available for a wider set because not everyone can take this class at MIT. Mm. And so I want to put the book out there so we can reach a larger audience. And that's why it's there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is there something unique about your book? Like you mentioned your book and there are similar books talking about whether it's advancement in career or negotiating more or have a better communication or becoming a better leader. So what's unique about your book than the others? Good question. And certainly there are wonderful books on all these topics. My book is unique in a couple ways. First, I cover a broad set. You can read an entire book on leadership or on negotiation. My book contains all of these. There are 10 chapters, each with a different skill. Second, within each chapter, the way it's laid out is there is a mental shift that you will make when you are looking at the chapters. So we talked about with leadership. It's recognizing leadership is not about waiting for a position. It's recognizing that I can do this from day one by influencing. So you want to get that mental shift at the start of the chapter. And then we give a number of techniques for how you can execute on that. So that's what's provided in each chapter to make it very easy and accessible. And third, there's a free companion app to the book. One thing that happens when you read books, because I've read lots of these, you go, oh, that's a great book. And you forget it a month later because <laughs> we're all busy. We move on. With my app, it's a free app for Android and iPhone. You download it, and it's going to pop up a reminder. It's like a daily affirmation, but with tips from the book. So this mm -hmm. way, it's going to reinforce what you are reading, and it's going to stay top of mind and help you remember it. So you can do it for the whole book. You can say, say oh, I just want to focus on negotiations. And by the way, the book, you can jump around. You don't have to read it in order. 
So let's say, okay, negotiations, that's what I want to do. Read that chapter, set the app to just do negotiation tips, and great, you're going to learn it and retain it. And if you're going to go into, say, a negotiation or a networking event or some situation, you can also just open the app and quickly flip through those tips for a quick refresher. And mm. so this is something that's unique to my book that I think more people will do in the future, but right now I'm the only one. Oh, awesome. It's, it's actually a great idea, especially having also the app to back it up and uh, remind people of certain things. Because speaking of you can skip to chapters, for example, me, when I have a book, I first look at the uh, table of content and see if there is something I can go immediately learn. Because we know that maybe some books have the intro and some certain things that personally as a reader see that maybe... I don't want to learn about so if the, especially if the titles and the content of the table of content were, were clear I will immediately jump to a certain topic so apparently in your book it's it's very clear what what, what topic is going to be like you mentioned if you want to learn certain skill for for example three months instead of learning all the things together because you actually need to practice certain things you can jump for example and go to negotiation or communication or whatever it is that you want and focus on that for a while and learn it. And also, like I mentioned, your app uh, have the that reminder to to push you, let's say, above the fence and get good at it. Yeah. yeah. Each chapter takes anywhere from about 30 to 45 minutes to read. So you can just jump in and in less than an hour, you're already going to be up on a new skill set. That's a matter of just remembering it and practicing it over the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. So is there something special that would uh, your readers know about you that we don't know about you now? <laughs> a skill or uh, a hobby or something like that? I was a championship ballroom dancer in my 20s. I used to compete all over the U.S., uh, did some international travel for it. So I'm retired now from competitions, but as a very <laughs> really ballroom dancer. Oh, awesome. That's great. Uh, it's a very... I guess it's a very technical thing, right? It is. And for someone like me that had no inherent dance skills, that was completely <laughs> uncoordinated, ballroom dancing is very structured, which made it easy to, through practice, pick it up and get good at. <laughs> cool. Awesome. <laughs> it's, a great, uh, it's a great example, actually. It goes with things. So what would you say one takeaway for people who listen to this uh, episode? I think the key point is as you want to develop these skills, create that peer learning group, learn it with other people. There is a free download on my website for how you can create these groups. You can just download it, read through it, and you or your company or HR can easily and effectively create these groups. Mm, awesome, awesome. A group, uh, groups are very important. What they call a mastermind and things like that is, uh, is great. So where can people get in touch with you, Mark? You can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. You can learn more about me, get in touch with me, follow me on social media. You can download the free app from there. If you go to the app page, it has links to the Android and iPhone stores. There's also a resources page where you can download what I just mentioned about creating groups, other free downloads, links to free online resources, and links to a number of other great books on these topics if you want to go further. All of this at thecareertoolkitbook.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark, for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.